talking about our righteousness in Christ. Our righteousness in Christ is so important that we understand our righteousness in Christ. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ. So we're going to go back to a few fundamentals before we actually talk about the righteousness of God in Christ. And we're going to determine why believing that is so important. It is so vitally important. You see, we have to have right believing to command the promises of God in our lives. We must have right believing in order to walk in the fullness of Christ. Because you know, you are designed, you are made, created. When you are born again, you are created, renewed to be the fullness of Christ. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. See, your heart is your spirit. That's where you believe. That's where you have faith. To apprehend the fullness of Christ. To apprehend the promises of God in your life. But we must have right believing. We must guard our heart. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh, he or she, as he or she thinketh, in his or her heart, so is he. As you think, as you ponder, as you meditate, so are you. So we have to have right thinking as we meditate. As we meditate on the word. You see, because that upon which we meditate directs our steps that directs our destiny, that directs our life. (coughs) (coughs) Our thinking about ourselves, our thinking about God, are thinking about our situations directs our destiny. It determines the way we think, the way we act. So we must, we must, we must have right thinking. So much, in fact, everything, everything, everything that we don't have in life is because of wrong thinking. Everything, well, you know, that's kind of an awkward way to say that. (laughs) But if we believe that we are not walking in the fullness of Christ, if we are not walking in the fullness of Christ, it's because of wrong thinking, period. Period. You see, right thinking brings the blessing of God. It allows us to receive the blessing of God in our lives. Our lives move toward the fulfillment of the word because of right believing. So we have to have right believing. And we have to have right speaking. We can't just believe something and then speak out a bunch of trash. See, those two contradict one another. There's supposed to be unity in all areas of our lives. Proverbs 4.24 Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far, far from your lips. So if God tells us to do that, we need to understand what is perversity? 
what is corrupt talk? Now, that's not just vile language, okay? That's not what that, I mean, yes, of course it is that. Of course it is that. But in reality, anything, anything that does not agree with the word of God is perverse talk. Anything that comes out of our mouth that does not agree with the word of God is perverse talk. If it doesn't agree or abide by the principles of the word, it is perverse and corrupt talk. If it doesn't abide by the principles that God sets forth in his word, it is corrupt talk. And we need to get rid of it. We need to not be lazy. We need to not just let things fly unintentionally out of our mouth. We need to be intentional about our faith. We need to be intentional about what we're believing. So what would be some things that would be against God's promises? Well, that would be speaking sickness, lack, darkness of any kind, things that would be against the principles of God's word. Okay? That would be any type of what are against his principles? If it doesn't bring health, healing, and wholeness, it's against his principles. Because he is a healing God. He is a saving God. He has salvation for us in every area of life. So if it speaks against that, it's corrupt talk. It's perverse. And we need to think of it as perverse so that we can go, ugh, I want to get that out of my life. I don't want to see that come to pass. I don't want to walk down that path. Do you remember, oh, I don't know, several weeks back, many weeks back in Proverbs 8, we were talking about wisdom, where the paths meet, it takes its stand. Well, wisdom is speaking the promises of God, the wholeness of God, the wellness of God, the provision of God. So when you come to that path, because where the paths meet, wisdom takes its stand. So when you're standing at the pinnacle of that division, what are you going to do? What are you going to choose? It's entirely up to you. And Satan's going to be whispering one thing in your ear, and the Holy Spirit is going to be bringing you truth. At all times, for every believer, the Holy Spirit brings truth. We can either walk the way of truth, or we can listen to the lies of the devil. And we need to keep our speaking in line with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay? So if, we're, if this is what we're thinking, this is what's going to come out of our mouth. As we thinketh in our heart, so are we. So if we're allowing abusive or angry talk to come out of our mouth, belittling others, slandering others, lies, gossip, doubt, unbelief, lack, discouragement. Self-condemnation. How often do you hear people just let the, let things fly like why am I always on the short end of the stick? Why does this negative thing always happen to me? I'm sorry, but I don't want to be confessing that negative things are always happening to me. First of all, it's ungrateful. Right? It's ungrateful. It doesn't mean that negative things don't happen. Negative things can happen. 
but we can walk knowing who the Lord is on our behalf and being grateful and thankful that we have a God in heaven, that we have a Jesus who has overcome, that we have a resurrected Savior, that we are being carried in the palm of God's hand. You know, so many times we're saved from things that we don't even, we're not even aware of it. And when we walk with a thankful heart, we're acknowledging the power of God in our lives. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And the NLT, it says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And up here it says, those who love to talk will experience the consequences, for the tongue can kill or nourish life. Where is life? Only one place, Jesus. Only one place, Jesus. Only one place, Jesus. So we will experience the consequences of what our thinking is and what we direct our tongue to speak. You know, things like, oh, I'm just not smart enough. I'm not as smart as those people. God say it mattered how smart you were? Is there anywhere in the scripture that says it matters how smart you are? What have we been studying in Isaiah 33? He is a rich store. He is a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and understanding. It doesn't really matter how smart you are. It matters who you have in you. It's the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Will the spirit of truth ever steer you wrong? Is the Holy Spirit always speaking to you? It says that his spirit testifies with our spirit that we are his children. He's going to take care of his children. In Deuteronomy, it says, I am the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. All the work of my hands is blessed. what it says that's that with which we need to agree not the lack that the devil tries to plant in your brain but see you guard your heart and it doesn't go from your brain to your spirit because you put a guard a guard of the word around your heart and spirit Philippians 4.9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. We must be serious and intentional about our faith. Do not lay down when trouble comes. Be serious and intentional about your faith. It says, put it into practice. And what, what's the next part? It says, and the peace of God will be with you. Put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. So we have to have right acting. We have to employ the word. We have to have right thinking. We have to have right speaking. We have to have right practicing, right acting. But, you know, here's an important part. So many people, they might have a bad habit, and they run at the habit to try to change the habit. And it all starts in the spirit 
It all starts in your spirit. It all starts with right thinking because if you get the right thinking, if you get the word indwelling in your spirit, the life of Christ, you get the right thinking, it determines your speaking and your acting. The acting will line up with the spirit of God in you if you meditate on the word and get his thoughts first thing in your life. So don't put a bunch of trash in there. Very unthinkingly, unthinkingly, people put so much trash, nobody at RCC. Put so much trash, and then they wonder why there's a fight going on. Movies, books, corrupt talk, gossip, you know, that's all darkness. And then we wonder why it's a hard thing for the light. It's not a hard thing for God. But when we walk not according to his prescription, what's his prescription? Think right. Speak right. Practice right. Quit being lazy. Get serious. Right? I'm not saying that as a condemnation to anyone in this room. I'm not saying you should feel bad. This is to encourage us. This is to edify us. This is to lift us up. Lift, lift us up. This is to give us right direction. That where the paths meet, we make right choices because of our right thinking. Hallelujah. Scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.13 it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believed. I believed. According to the word or not according to the word. And we are going to believe according to the word. I believed and therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. And you know where that verse came from? It came from Psalms. David said that. And so we're going to look at one example from David's life. David came to a sword fight with no armor. No physical armor. Saul had offered armor. He's like, no, that's not for me. I can't wear that. That's not my anointing. You know that the Holy Spirit gives you an anointing? You have an anointing. That's important for you to understand. You have a powerful Holy Spirit anointing. You are the anointed of God walking around in a troubled world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of Christ. You are the fullness of Christ walking around in a troubled world. The Holy Spirit in you is greater than any challenge you will ever face. You see, he knew Saul's armor was not his anointing. Don't try to be like somebody else. You listen to God for you in your life. So he came to the giant. He came to the Philistine army in the power that God had given him. He knew who his God was. He knew who was with him. And we have a better covenant. We have a resurrected Jesus. Jesus from the dead resides in you. What more does anybody in this room need? There is no demon in hell that can come against you. No bad thought, 
No bad habit. No destruction to your marriages. No destruction to relationships. No destruction against your health that can seed against a resurrected Jesus. So David came to the fight, a sword fight, against an entire army, a young lad, a, a young people in this room. Do not let anyone do not let anyone diminish the power of your God in your life just because you're young. If you know the word, you are more powerful than anything that comes against you. The power of this Holy Spirit living in you. So David came to this fight. It seems unsurmountable to me with five stones. And he only needed one. First Samuel 17, 45 through 47. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. If there is a situation in your life that is defying that is defying any promise of God. The Lord God will be the victor. Whom you have defied. He's basically saying, you have defied my God so you will not stand. You will not succeed. I'm going to be the one that's winning here, not you. Because you have defied my God. I have it settled in my heart. I have right thinking. I have right believing in my spirit. I know the word. I believe the promise. I know who's for me. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Realize he is standing there a young lad with five stones, just five stones, bare, no shield, no armor, just a kid, five stones and a giant. And notice what he did. He spoke to the giant before he killed him. He considered him dead already. He spoke victory before he saw it. Does that make sense? This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Your victory is a witness. Your victory is a witness. Psalm 18. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to stand on heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. 
You stooped down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You see, David was not timid about what he knew. He was not timid about speaking forth the promise of God before he saw the manifested results. And that's Old Covenant, saints. Remember I said, that's Old Covenant. You see, we have an indwelling Christ. We have an indwelling Holy Spirit. The very righteousness of God in Christ. The very righteousness of God in Christ. You are, you are the righteousness of God in Christ when you are a born-again believer. This is so important. Understanding this will determine so much about what you choose to believe. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Understanding who you are, what he has done, what he has won, what he has vanquished is so important to your faith, to my faith. We have the indwelling Christ. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the power of God in your life. Romans 1, 6, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Hey, did I even finish that other scripture? I don't think I did. Let's go back. Sorry. Verse 47, I don't even think I read it. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. And we have to get this into our spirit. For the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. The battle has been won because of Jesus. The battle is the Lord's. He's already won the victory. We just get in line with his thinking. We get his word in our spirits, his thoughts in our spirits. We must do this, saints. We must do this, saints, so that we don't throw away what he has done for us. And you know, it isn't really difficult because he hands it to us with love and mercy and grace not judgment, condemnation, criticism. Hallelujah. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And the word there, salvation, soteria, means healing, wholeness, wellness, preservation, protection, prosperity. It doesn't mean just being safe from hell. It does mean being safe from hell. First John 4, 17. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is. Wow, just think of that promise. Just think of that. How can the God, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, El Shaddai, Jesus Christ, resurrected in power, how can he say that where he is, if he says it, we need to walk in it, we need to believe it, we need to receive it, 
That is not blasphemous. As he is, so are we. Yes, we do live in a fallen world. We do. But we don't have to agree with a fallen world. We don't have to agree with its power over us. Everyone say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might, and that, that doesn't mean maybe, that, that's not what that word means, it means have. It means have. So that we might become the righteousness of God. I am heir, I am co-heir, I am inheritor of every spiritual blessing in Christ. The word says so. The word tells me that's who I am. I'm dead to sin. I am dead to sin. Say that. I am dead to sin. Say that. And it's not because you never sin. It's because of what Christ did. It's not because you never make a mistake. It's because of what Christ did. It is because of what Christ accomplished on your behalf. I am dead to sin. Why? Because he became every sin. So that sin could not have a stranglehold on me. So that dominion of sin could be broken in my life. Because he gave me a way unto redemption. He gave me a way into reconciliation. So just because we sin, it does not remove our righteousness in Christ. That's a confused thought. That's a Satan thought. That's a thought where Satan tries to tell you that you're not worthy because you sin. No, you are worthy because of what Christ did. You are worthy because the blood poured out over you. Sin consciousness has to go. Sin consciousness is demonic. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm the reconciled of the Lord. Does that mean that when you sin, you don't come back and repent? No, it doesn't mean that. Okay, y'all know I don't think that. Okay, I'm not going to preach that today. We're trying to go beyond that. Yeah, go ahead, repent, and get it off yourself. But the sin does not remove who you are in Christ and what he accomplished. It might make you feel bad and, you know, it can bring some yuck consequences, but he's the redeemer. He's the redeemer. And he can make you new. He made you new. He made you new when you were born again. Recreated in his image, right? In his character. The very spirit of God indwelling you. So Jesus became dead to sin. Jesus became dead to sin. So that the shame and the guilt and the self-condemnation and the penalty could be broken off of our lives. that it loses its ability to hold you. It loses its dominion in your life. 
It cannot hold you in the grave of self-destruction. You see, here's the deal. Satan, what does Satan do? He lives to condemn you before the Father, doesn't he? That's what he wants to do. Here's the awesome thing. God's mercies are new every morning. His love and compassion surround us. You see, he doesn't listen to the devil. Satan doesn't listen to the devil. He doesn't listen to anything the devil has to say. He sees you through the blood. Satan also comes to speak lies against the Father to you. Lies against the Father. And at that point, it's your job to say, I'm not listening. I am not going to listen to this. It's a bunch of trash. Because I serve a resurrected Jesus who loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to agree with my Father, and I'm not going to agree with the devil. I'm going to have right thinking, I'm going to have right believing, and I'm going to have right speaking. Sin has lost its hold on me. Brokenness has lost its hold on me. I will not live there. I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to live in a broken state. I will live in the wholeness that has been purchased for me. So we must use our faith, we must use our faith to believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Critical, 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 foundational thought. Romans 1.17 For the gospel of, right, of the righteousness of God is revealed... A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And the NET, I don't have the NET, we don't have the NET on our system, but it says, for the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. From faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous, I love this, because it just gives a little bit different nuance. It says the righteous by faith will live. The righteous by faith will live. You will live. Wow. So this thing, it means two things. It means two things. It means, yes, we will employ our, right, our faith to believe in the righteousness. But the other thing is that because of my faith and the fact that I am righteous in Christ, I live with all the fullness of Christ. With all the fullness of Christ. I live. He gives me life. Overcoming life. New life. Streams of living water flowing from my belly. From me. Not over me from me, within me, because of an indwelling Christ. Receive the power, saints. Receive the power, saints. Everybody put their hand on their spirit belly. I receive the very indwelling Christ living in me the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ dwelling in me rivers 
of living water flowing out of me. A mighty witness unto a hurting world. Love, mercy, healing, Holy Spirit, power for every situation. Wow. Wow. I release the power of the Holy Spirit into every defiled situation, attacking every person in this room. There is no power that can stand against you, mighty God. There is no power that can come against me that can survive against your word, against the fullness of Christ dwelling in me. You know what religion teaches us? Religion gives us a list of don'ts. Don't do this, 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 don't do this. Don't, I'm, oh, wow, weary. God gives us one thing. Keep your eyes on me. The eyes are the light of the soul. Keep your eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. And the light saturates and destroys and moves out the darkness. The habits will change. The wrong situation will change. The torment of the devil cannot win. You see, when we understand the righteousness of God in Christ, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, we walk in his life, we walk in his light, we walk in his victory, we walk in his dominion, we walk in his power, we walk in his authority. The devil is really this big. He's a not some big overpowering he's a whiny little imp he is he's just a whiny little imp how much are you going to let him whine in your ear I'm not going to I'm not going to Jesus paid too big a price for me to listen to a nothing. He was thrown out of heaven. Remember, saints, he was thrown out of heaven. He has no authority. I'm not going to give it to him. The only way he can get it is by how we think or speak. Darkness can't succeed. Destructive habits can't succeed. Depression can't succeed. Destitute conditions can't succeed. Defeating thoughts can't succeed. Romans 5.17 For if by the trespass of the one man, and that's Adam, death reigned through that man, but not in me, not when I'm born again, 
how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness. You see how important understanding the gift of your righteousness in Christ really is? How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life that's here, that's now? Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Not difficult. Not difficult. We receive Christ's life reigning in our lives. Romans 6, 9 through 11, for we know, we know, that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him or you when you are in him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. For all. Whether you receive it or not, he still died for them. Everybody. But, the life he lives. Hallelujah. Victory on hand. Thank you, Jesus. The power of the cross and the resurrection. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way. Same way. Same way as what? Or same way as whom? same way in the same way as Jesus do you see the footing that he establishes you upon come on saints it's big it's bigger than anything we could ever imagine in the same way identical just like In the same way, count yourselves. Think of yourselves the way, the same way. Because of Christ in you. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Woo! Them stomping words. devil-defeating words. The life, the victory, the strength, the power, the authority, the dominion, the power, the love of Christ. His very life. Wow. How do we count ourselves dead to sin? We understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the fullness of Christ. We believe the gospel. It's real simple. We just believe the gospel of Jesus. Simple. Easy. It is the power of God in our lives. Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. Saints, it gets better and better. I don't really know how it could be any better, but let's look at it another way. I pray that the eyes of your heart, remember, guard your heart. Remember where we started? Guard your heart, the eyes of your heart, right thinking in our spirits. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Hope is not brokenness. Hope is not me being poor, defeated, put upon. Hope is I'm blessed. I'm blessed by God Almighty. 
Scripture tells me that the head of the righteous is crowned with blessings. Go find it. You are crowned with blessings. It says that he blesses the children of the righteous. Hallelujah. I'm not poor. I'm not defeated. I'm not miserable. I don't have to feel sorry for myself. I am powerful. I am victorious. I am the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. All the work of my hands is blessed. I go out and come in blessed. The enemy comes at me in one direction and God causes him to flee in seven. When the enemy comes in, the flood of God, the Holy Spirit rises up in my life and chases him out. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that's you, and his incomparably great power. Incomparably great power. us who believe, who believe, who thinketh in their heart according to the word, who believe in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who believe in the gospel of Christ. That power. Okay, if you can stay seated I'm surprised that same power, that same power, the power is the same, the same, the same identical as the mighty power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. It is the same power dwelling in you as when he raised Jesus from the dead. There's no deficiency in that saying. None. I can't stay seated. I can't stop talking about it. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am in Christ. I know it. I have it. I believe it. He is for me, not against me. I am the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. I am blessed coming in and going out. His shield of victory is round about me. He has perfected that which concerns me. He has good plans and purposes for me. He will complete that which he began in me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus, the same power, I have the same, do not leave this room. I have the same power that resurrected the risen Lord from the grave, from hell, to be seated at the right hand of the Father. When he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but in the one to come for all eternity past, present, 
future. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living because he has determined that I am the fullness of Christ in him. The power of God in the gospel of Christ. We are here to bring the power of God in the gospel of Christ to a world that doesn't even know it needs it. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. I will allow the resurrected Jesus Christ to operate in my life and I will move into a dark and fallen world and I will share the victory of Christ until the circumstances change. I will not give up. I will persevere. I will receive a crown that says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. I'm getting it and so are you and 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 everyone in RCC. We will receive that crown. sorry for people who aren't here today. I do. I feel sorry for people who are not in this room right here today. Because it is the power of God that changes every fallen circumstance. The hope of God And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, over everything church, which is his body, the fullness of him, the fullness of him, the fullness of him. God calls you the fullness of him. Think about that. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Why should I ever have another defeated thought in my life? Psalm 37, 25 says that we will never see the righteous forsaken. Never. You will never, 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 never means never. No chance, no probability. You will never see the righteous forsaken. Just because you don't see it right at this moment, saints, it doesn't mean it's not real. I don't see Adam's I don't see atoms, but I know this chair is made of atoms. I don't see it with my eye, but I know it's real. I don't see black holes with my natural eye, but I know they're real. I don't see distant galaxies with my natural eye, but I know they're real. I don't see angels. Well, sometimes I see angels, but I don't always see angels, and they're always around us, but I know they're there. So just because we're not seeing it right now doesn't mean it's not real. We get our thinking in line with the word. We get it into our spirit. The reality of God, the faith of God. We see things the way God sees them. Through the eye of our faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the resurrected Jesus living in it, I call myself victorious when I'm in the middle of the battle. Just because I don't see it with my natural eye, it doesn't mean it's not true. God's word is true, never returns void. It accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. And I will grab hold of it 
with the eye of my spirit. 2 Corinthians 4.18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Eternal. The God reality. The forever reality. Eternal. Perpetual, ceaseless, continued without intermission. Unchangeable. Existing at all times without change as eternal truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. You see, faith Believing, right believing, right thinking, right speaking, right thinking help us, helps us to see God's ideas for our lives. God's plans and purposes for our lives. God's thinking the real way, the true way, the best way, the life way. Faith acknowledges God's reality as real, as real, as real. It's not pie in the sky. It's not putting your head in the sand. When you look at a situation in your, in your life and you say, that's not real, that's not the reality, God's way is real. He calls things that are not as though they are. And that's what our right thinking and our right speaking will do for us. It is a prescription. It is a prescription. It is God's prescription for you. To have right thinking, to guard your heart, to think the way the word thinks, to speak. I have believed and therefore I speak. And then the acting follows. It's his prescription. There's only one, only one prescription. Remember, David really killed the giant before he killed the giant. He killed the giant in his thinking first. He killed the giant in his spirit first. He killed the giant with his speech first. First Samuel 17, 45 through 47, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. Everybody say, this day, my enemy is vanquished. This day, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. The head, the authority, the power, the dominion, that's what head is. I will cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you, all of you, not just part of the problem, into our hands because we are the children of God living with a resurrected Jesus in our in ourselves within us 
the very power of the resurrection. So I'm going to leave you with a few little questions today. What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? What are you going to think? What are you going to meditate on? What are you going to allow in your spirit? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Yeah, amen to that, sister. What are you going to say? I believe, therefore I speak, and I will speak the promises of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the unfailing love of God, the victory of God. How are you going to act? Are you going to put it into practice? What are you going to bring to the battle? What are you going to bring to the battle? What prescription are you going to use? What prescription are you going to use? These are the questions we have to settle for ourselves, saints. These are the questions that we all have to answer for ourselves. You see, it is the easiest route because it is the route that gives God full divine access. To us, to our hearts. And our answers to these questions, how we employ them, the seriousness with which we take them determines the conditions in our lives. God has good plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. Amen. He has good plans. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You see? That's it. He just has good plans for you. And when we line up, when we take his prescriptions, those come to fruition in our lives. So anyway, that's what I believe the Lord wanted us to settle in our hearts today. And I'm going to go back, actually, uh, I'm going to go back to the same scripture that I used last week because I just think it's awesome, awesome scripture for tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians 9.19 